Fear is a universal emotion. I mean, right, we've all felt it in some ways. And when you think about it, fear is like our internal alarm system, right? It kind of just tells us, hey, watch out for that, or hey, I should probably keep an eye out for that over there. I have a lot of fear because I'm able to kind of keep, I have kids, right? So I keep track of like, are they going to get hurt? Are they going to be okay? What things do I need to watch out for for them? Uh, but sometimes, right, too much fear can be a bad thing. Fear can keep us from loving others or from loving God or from loving uh, ourselves, right? We can be too afraid. But in 1 John chapter 4, the author says, perfect love casts out fear. Now, what is that perfect love? In the message today, uh, one of our pastors, Justin LaRosa, is going to unpack this idea of perfect love casting out fear. And hopefully it'll help you come to terms with your own fears inside of you, not to make them go away, but to understand them better and integrate them with love. So check it out. I encountered a cool quote about love from St. Francis of, not Assisi, but of DeSales at the Imagine Museum in St. Pete. And here's how it goes. The measure of love is to love without measure. Now, I imagine if you're watching this, you likely believe in the power of love. And, you know, we all know Christianity gets a bad rap sometimes, and sometimes rightfully so, but its foundation is love. That's where its root is. That's where it stems from. And maybe that's why there's such interest in Jesus and his teachings, even among people who aren't religious or aren't fond of church. God's love revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus has the power to change people's lives in the world. And Jesus calls each of us, calls you to love without measure. Now, John, the writer of what we read today is an older man, they believe, instructing and encouraging a community in strife. The community is hearing conflicting messages, troubling messages, and John is trying to straighten it all out. The fourth chapter, we're not reading all of it, just some verses, has two big themes. The first is, how should this community test the spirits to see if they are true and originate from God or if they're from false prophets? false prophets and teachers. He offers a way to discern how they can actually test those spirit in the first six verses. The second big theme is the proclamation that God is love. Now remember, John in the first chapter said that God is light, and here he's saying God is love. He declares God's love for each of us, that means you, and that God's love lives within people who believe in Jesus and stay connected to his love. I want you to hear those verses one more time again. So this is verse 16. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. But here's the thing. John doesn't just stop there. He asserts that there's a way you can tell if God is living in us and through us. You see, belief isn't just a head trip. It isn't just understanding theology while that's good. Love must become alive. It must become real and tangible in and through your life. Others should recognize that change, that love, that presence. In other words, to abide God's love must flow out from us toward others. That's how you, we, and the world will know if we are abiding.
And additionally, it's how others come to recognize Jesus sometimes. Friends, so here's the question. What would your life look like if you more fully abided in God's love? Can you picture it in your mind? How would your family or your community or your coworkers, church, people in the community know? Maybe even, how would your enemies know? Type it in the comment section. Here's another question. Who would you forgive if you were abiding? Now, most of you, unless you're watching for one of the first times, might know our church's mission statement. Here's the short version, to make God's love real. A different way to articulate this idea and this purpose is that we just abide in God's love and we share it with the world. Spiritual practices that are in our discipleship pathway, there's seven of them, but just a few of them like prayer and scripture and small group and worship and service, these are the things that grow our love for God and our love for others and yes, even our love for ourselves. But there's something, there's a problem. There's something that squashes love, that makes it die and wither. It's present in the world, in the community, in our politics, and in the church even. And if we're honest, we can find it within us too. And you know what it is. It's fear. And John says that we must deal with fear because fear spoils love. Now, both fear and love are powerful catalysts of human attitude and behavior, right? They direct us in life-giving and life-taking ways. And in our passages, John outlines what happens when we abide. Here's what happens. This is what he says. He says, number one, that we have boldness on the day of judgment. And we don't talk about that very much, but number two, a limit. Fear is eliminated in our lives. And number three, we love others. I want you to hear verses 17, 18, and now I also included 21. Here it is. Love has been perfected um, among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God should also love his brother. You see, here's the thing about these three things. When you make a decision to accept Jesus Christ and pattern your life around him, his love and his teachings, assurance grows. This is a word that John Wesley often used. You begin to lose your fear of today, of tomorrow, and the hereafter. You are reborn. That's actually a line out of the 12-step big book. Why? Because you come to know that Jesus has you covered through the cross, through the resurrection. Secondly, Faith and trust begin to replace fear. It doesn't mean that we don't uncower it. I'm not, we don't have this Pollyanna kind of like, oh, we're never gonna be fearful. No, it just means that when we have fear, we engage it and we work to not allow it to shape our decisions. Lastly, the Holy Spirit lives in us and in you and we practicing loving others. I, I call it, we become love practitioners. How are you doing with that? We become love practitioners. Now, I want you to make no mistake, the kind of love that we're talking about here 
is more than sentimental or even erotic love. Agape is this Greek word used here, and it is fierce. Love is a decision, it's an intention, it's a direction. And when we abide in that love, God gives us the power to forgive others and ourselves. But we know by just living life, pesky and pervasive fears can block us from who we are called to be or who we could be. And when we are afraid of being taken advantage of or that justice won't be served or that we're gonna lose something that we believe is ours or that we shouldn't lose or that we're not gonna get something that we really want, those fears edge out love. Our ego gets in control. Now, some of you uh, have likely heard the, uh, how we refer to ego sometimes. It stand, what does it stand for? Edging God out. Now, these fears could be about a relationship, power, status that we're seeking, material things, self-respect, or, or us being consumed with others, what others think. These things can get stuck on our head and repeat, or they can just, like, they keep coming back. It's like a gnawing, quiet, persistent presence. Here's the problem. When they start there, they make our way into our hearts, and they block abiding in God's love. So here's a question for you. What do you fear right now in your life? What is the fear or the lack of forgiveness or the resentment that's preventing you from abiding in God's love? And if you're willing, type it in the comments. I'd like for you to get it into your head and we'll offer a few ways that you might engage it. I wanna tell you a story about a year ago, somebody pretty close to me shared about a terrible situation in her life from the past. And uh, she's a Christian and she went on to make this bold statement and proclamation. This is what she said. She said, I'm never gonna forgive. I can't, I won't. And she said it quite emphatically, if I remember. And believe me when I say this, she had plenty of reasons not to. And you know, she's not alone. Many of you, many of us struggle with fear, struggle with anxiety about daily life, shame from the past, or an inability or unwillingness to forgive others or ourselves. And some of you understand and can understand that statement. Others don't know how or keep or they're hiding these things in the shadows. They don't know how to let it go. But there's a problem with that statement. There's a problem with keeping things hidden and not engaging them. You see, it's not the way of Jesus. It's not following Jesus. It's not abiding in love. I want you to hear the message, which is the paraphrase uh, of the Bible in verses 20 and 21. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have for, from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You have got to love both. Yikes, that's hard and rough. Jesus says it pretty directly too when, in Matthew. He says this, 
For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's disturbing to wrestle with this truth. If we don't forgive, we operate in fear and hurt. And when we, when we are hurt by others, I'm not saying that we're gonna sing Kumbaya or with that, that other person or we're gonna be back in relationship. Well, what I'm saying is to allow God in. Allow God in to hate and resentment and to moral superiority that you're experiencing towards them or yourself. Love is the antidote to fear. And as you do this, Christ crucified is seen and proclaimed in plain sight. And not only that, you'll be free. So whether it's a specific fear, generalized anxiety, subtle resentment, feelings of superiority, or um, the opposite of superiority, shame, or you have an unwillingness to forgive in your life, here are some simple but not easy ways to allow God to perfect love in you. So I want you to get that thing in your head again that you thought about earlier. First, name it and claim it. Say that with me. I don't care that you're at home. Name it and claim it. We got to acknowledge in our innermost self and to God what it is. God already knows it anyway. And bringing it out into the light will allow God to change it in you. But it won't change if you don't ask. You see, we've got that thing called free will. You get to choose. Secondly, ask God to change it in you. You might not be able to shake the fear or the unforgiveness, but nothing is impossible with God. I wanna suggest that you do it daily. And even better if you do it on your knees because it shows such, a, such a, a posture of humility. Do it for 14 days. Pray for the other person. Invite God into the fear. And lastly, get sound counsel for how letting go, go should look in your life. Lots of times we can't do these things alone. So we need the help of uh, friends or a pastor or, or a, th a good therapist. Friends, this is the way to abide and not let fear reign. Now, it was kind of cool. I spoke with the woman uh, on Wednesday and she gave me an update of how she was kind of moving towards what she had talked about. And she reported that she's made progress. She actually called it a process. And while her feelings of, while her feelings of hate and fear aren't totally dissipated, she continues, and these are her words, to lay it at the feet of Jesus. And she remarked that she has prayed more about this and other fears in her life than any other time in her whole entire life. And she's not young. She is abiding. She recognized that God had love for her and that love must flow outward. She acknowledged that she had a block and fear and unforgiveness that was preventing love and healing and restoration. And she regularly asked God for help and she also used a resource. She got some counsel that I provided her. And the resource I gave her is actually what we're gonna be using over the next three weeks. It's called the Jesus Challenge, 21 Days of Loving God and Neighbor. And it's the basis of our next sermon series. 
I wrote it a few years ago, and it can give you some practical ways to abide in love, and I hope you'll join us for that. You know, John Wesley, I, I, as I was studying, uh, preparing for this message, you know, in his notes, he says that verse 19 is the sum of all religion, the sum of all religion. Here's verse 19. We love because he first loved us. And as we abide, friends, Jesus Christ is proclaimed. You, friends, are loved. Go show it. Let us pray. God, we give thanks uh, that you loved us first and that we can abide. That not only will we have boldness on that day of judgment, not only will fear dissipate from our lives, but your love that originated in us will, will flow outward and there will be love and others will come to know you. Help us to do it this week. Show us the way. Show us how to engage our fears and remind us that we are never alone. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this message. We just finished the series, Truth and Love. In fact, this message was the last message in this series. So if you wanna go back and watch the rest of the series, you can find the playlist on our YouTube channel called Truth and Love. Go there, check out the rest of the messages, share it with a friend. And if you wanna go deeper with this message, down in the notes below, are some reflection questions and some next steps. You can use those to take the next step and find out more about our community or just go deeper with the message. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.